We are happy to be here tonight to continue to study the uh, life enrichment lesson and, and hoping that uh, something is being said to encourage you and uh, carry you along in your faith and to keep you strong and to help you to find uh, optimism in, in your life if you're, if you're struggling with that. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We praise you. We love you and we thank you. For you are absolutely amazing. You are awesome. You are holy and you are true. And we're just so thankful to be in your presence and to be able to come to you in prayer. We just ask, Lord God, that you would enlighten us, that you would open up our, our eyes and our minds to understand your word and to take the things that we learned tonight and apply them to our day, everyday lives and to grow in our faith and our, our spirit to be strong. Where we're weak, we ask for your blessing to make us stronger. And where we're strong, we pray that you will keep us strong and grant to us stability and grant to us, uh, Lord God, the ability to be able to help other people who are in need. Help us to trust in you. And when we find ourselves lacking in faith, we pray you'll strengthen our faith that you'll help our unbelief. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee to be thy will. Amen. Whatever is true. So that's the first whatever is. Let your mind dwell on these things. Allow your mind to dwell on whatever is true. I want to go to John chapter 18 because I want to bring some uh, validity to, to the power of this, you know, this idea of whatever is true. True. We know it's valid because it's in the Word of God, but, but why would someone have a hard time dwelling on whatever is true? Well, let's be honest. Today, it's almost like we don't know what's true. There are so many things going on in our lives and uh, so, so much uh, difficulty. And we got to admit, growing up, we've heard um, it's okay to tell a little white lie. At least I have. Maybe you have it. And, uh, and that's not true. Right? But whatever is true. So I grew up believing that that was okay. So that became true. But that is not the truth. That is something that we made up to be true. And even today, it seems like there's no such thing as truth. Right? Ambiguity is, uh, is everywhere. It's just, um, there's just so many things going on in our world today. But it's not different and it's not new. So John chapter 18 and verse 37. Listen to what happened. Here's Jesus is before Pilate. And Pilate therefore said to him, So, you are a king, Jesus answered. You are. You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. What is truth? True. Turn to First Kings chapter 22. You know, I have my truth, you have your truth. No, that's not the truth. The truth is the truth. I don't have a truth, and you don't have a truth. But today, uh, we're in so much chaos in our world today, we really honestly could ask the very same question that Pilate asked Jesus, and that is, what is the truth? God asks us to dwell on whatever is true. So it is incumbent upon us to find what is true. And we know where truth is. Truth is found 
in the Word of God, everything in the world that exists, everything amongst us, every conversation, um, every thought, every idea must be surrounded or surround itself around the truth, and that is the very Word of God. And we can depend on and trust in the Word of God with all of our hearts and with all of our mind and with all of our soul. Well, again, this idea of what is truth. First Kings 22, when Ramoth Gilead was um, a land that was valuable to Ahab, Ahab says to King Jehoshaphat, let us go and let us take our land, Ramoth Gilead. And in First Kings 22, verse 6, the Bible says, And the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall I go up against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I refrain? And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not yet a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? You see, Jehoshaphat knew that what Ahab was, or had rather, was a bunch of yes men. So he says, yes, go up. If that wasn't true, Ahab was going to go up and he was going to die. But his yes men, his prophets that he delegated for himself, try to make him feel good and said, you go up and you win. So this is not what Philippians 4 in verse 8 is encouraging us to do. It is not encouraging us to find people that agree with us. It's telling us to you go find the truth and you dwell on the truth. Let your mind be fixated on what we know without a shadow of a doubt to be true. And you can find that in the Word of God. And so God's Word, as rich as it is, must be the starting point for everything that we believe and everything that we think in our day. Philippi, uh, no, uh, Proverbs, please. Chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Whatever is true, let your mind dwell on these things. The Bible emphasizes truth. The Bible is clear in that Jesus claims God claims that his word is true. It contains the error of humanity, but every word that comes from God is always true. We can trust it. We can depend upon it. We don't have to doubt it. We don't have to second guess it. This is where our minds need to be. Our minds need to be in the word of God, thinking about whatever is true the things that God has granted or given to us as truth. Proverbs 3, beginning at verse 3. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Doesn't matter what the world does. Doesn't matter what the world says. God says, never let kindness, never let truth leave you. And sometimes we'll have to admit that to tell the truth, sometimes it means it's going to hurt. Right? To receive the truth, sometimes it means it's going to hurt. I try to encourage folks 
to remember never to ask a question if you're not ready to receive the answer. Right? Because if we're going to dwell on truth, if you're going to ask someone a question and you say, hey, what do you think about? And then if you ask the question, be willing and ready to receive the answer. Be willing and ready to receive the truth. Never let kindness or truth depart from you. Let it always, forever, be in front of you. The Word of God and everything about God. Let it always be in front of you and let it always be your pleasure and your delight. Chapter 23. Chapter 23. I remember I had a Bible study with a man and um, I was, in fact, I had uh, asked an elder uh, to go with me on, on this study uh, in another place. And he, he was, you know, happy to go. Uh, and I, w- I was going to show him some different things about teaching Bible study. And in that Bible study, um, that man became so uh, angry uh, in, during the Bible study uh, because he just, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, many threats after that uh, came from him. And he specifically said to me, I'll dare you ever say to me that I'm lost in front of my wife. And um, and this is, I mean, I can tell you why he thought he was saved. He, he had three motorcycle crashes, uh, accidents, and after the third accident that he had not died, he thought, man, I must be saved. There's no question about it. I don't have to get baptized. I'm good. And he made that really clear to me. And I I just asked very, very clearly, if you could find that in the Bible, that'd be wonderful. We could read it together and enjoy and rejoice over it. And, and of course, you know, it's not in the Bible. Uh, and he got really, really angry uh, during the Bible study. And so I asked him this question. I said, sir, may I ask you a question? Speaking of honor, would you prefer that I come into your home and sit in front of your wife and lie to you? Which would you prefer for me to tell you the truth? Or to lie right in your face. And that's an interesting question when you think about it, right? Okay, so you feel disrespected because I told you the truth. But how would you feel if I lied to you? Right in front of your wife, right in your face. And he really struggled with that. He struggled with how to answer that question. So he remained silent. But the point I'm making tonight is truth. Don't ask a question if you're not ready to receive the answer. Let forever kindness and truth be a part of your life so that you may be able to dwell and find the peace of mind that you're looking for. You can't find peace in lies, right? Um, Proverbs 23, and the verse is 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Look, we should never expect the world to, to, you know, tell the truth we hope they would but our moral standard as god's people is that we are never to tell a lie we are always to tell the truth and shame on us if we don't tell the truth the bible says buy truth and do not sell your soul do not sell it do not let it go keep it as a the forefront at the forefront of your heart always tell the truth we, as God's people, have this amazing word that he's given to us that, uh, that we can dwell on truth. We can think about the greatness of God. We can think about truth and we can find happiness and pleasure in it. Turn to 1 John chapter 3 and the verse is 18. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 
18. The word truth is, is such a powerful word that when you think about um, the definition of love, part of the definition of love in the Bible is truth. First John 3 and verse 18. Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth or action and truth. In other words, if you if someone says, I love you, you'll be able to tell if they love you based on two things, based on their action, their activity, and based on the truth, based on the truth that is in their heart. Now think about God for a moment. God is love. How do you know that? Action, he's in his son, and truth. It's impossible for God to lie. So God says that's how we are supposed to live our lives in love. We must live our lives in action and live our lives also in truth. God is love. First John 7, no, sorry, First John 4, verse 7. You might not have found that one. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us the spirit. And we have beheld and bear witness that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. That's God's action, right? Here's God's action. You can see it all over First John chapter 4. It's all about God's action, God's activity. The activity of God surrounds itself around love. Love is action and love is truth. Hebrews uh, chapter 6 and verse, we'll start at verse 17. Hebrews 6 and verse 17. God is love in truth. It's not mushy love. It's action and it is truth. Verse 17. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise of the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath. 
in order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement, we who have fled for refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil." where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So God is love. In truth, it is impossible for God to love. So God's activity, God's action, and God's the impossibility for God to lie is love. That's how God proves his love for us. The question is, do we love each other as God loves us? Well, how would you know that? How will you know if someone loves you? Action and truth. And that's what we're supposed to be all about. As God's people, we can look around um, and we can see each other with our eyes. And we can hear the words that come from our brother and sister's mouths. And if it's not found in truth, then we'll know something about their love. If we find their action isn't what it's supposed to be, then we'll know something about their love for us and even their love for God. When I say that I love God, you will recognize that through my words that come from my mouth, truth, and through my actions. And so also for every child of God that exists on the face of the earth. For that is what God is. We can believe in God. Let's turn to Titus chapter 1. We can trust God. That God loves us. What does that mean? God loves us and he's done everything possible and continues to do everything possible to save us. And then we know God will never lie to us. So when God promises us, if we live our lives in a certain way, if we hold on and stand up under oppression or persecution or, or trials or whatever may come our way, even under joy and happiness in our day, whatever comes our way, if you hold on to God, God promises to be our anchor and he promises to bring us home, right? You can believe that. So God says, dwell on that truth that God will always do what he promised that he will do. And God has already done what he promised that he will do. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. In the hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised long ages ago. It is impossible for God to lie. What did Jesus say? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. Jesus says, you can trust me. Right? I am truth. And that's where our joy comes. Where we can sit back and we can say, regardless of what happens around us, from day to day, from minute to minute, and hour to hour, we can say, we know that God is is true. And we can hold on to God forever. And God will always be there. And He promises never to forsake us. He promises never to leave us. So therefore, He has never left us. He has never forsaken us. You can hold on to that. That is true. John 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, right? We can't get to the Father through without going through Jesus Christ. But Jesus is that way. Jesus is that truth. Jesus is that life. We can trust 
in Jesus. Truth. Whatever is true, let your mind dwell on these things. John 17. John chapter 17 and verse 17. There it says, To sanctify them in truth, for thy word is truth. And sure enough it is, isn't it? Sanctify, sanctify, sanctify. Set it apart, right? There's this, this amazing truth. This truth, God's word, God himself. I can think about God all day, every day, and I will find nothing but action and truth. And I can hold on to that. I can trust it. And I can believe in it. And I can know that God will do and has done what he promised. What did he say in John, uh, what is it, eleven twenty-four? that whatever you pray for, ask, believing that God has already done it. It's already done. You can trust it. You can believe it. You can hold on to it. You can dwell on it. You can be thankful for it. Because it's the opposite of this. John 8 in verse 44. It is the opposite of this. As Jesus was expounding and explaining to the Pharisees and the scribes who he was, and then he challenged them because they didn't believe who he was, he says in verse 44, You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he's a liar and the father of lies. That's Satan. Don't let Satan cause you to be like him. He is a liar, a murderer, and has been that from the very beginning. And that is true. It's the complete and direct opposite of who God is. Jesus is true. We can trust in his truth. We can live and relish in his truth. We can know. We can know. When you have doubts in your heart and you uh, begin to think maybe that, you know, maybe, maybe God doesn't exist, right? Really? Okay. Okay. Let's think about that. Someone said just the other day, they said to me, um, you know, how do we know God exists? You can't see. And then I'll, you know, I usually come back with the question, well, how do you know the wind exists? Well, of course it exists, but how do you know? Well, because you can see it. No, you can't. You cannot see the wind. You can see the effects of the wind, but you cannot see the wind. Oh. So you look around, you see the leaves swirling, and you go, those are the, that's the effect of the wind. You see the trees swing. That's the effect of the wind, but you can't see the wind itself. But the action of the wind you can see. So we look at this action in our lives and we say, we know that God exists because of the action and the activity of our God that we see over and over and over and over again. What a blessing, right? What a beautiful and amazing blessing that we have as Christians. We can trust God. You can trust God and know that God is forever true. Romans chapter 1. So Satan is the complete opposite. Satan is all about lies. I mean, nothing is true with Satan. You don't, you know, you don't have to, don't ever put your trust in him. Nothing about Satan is true. And all the lies in our world, that comes from Satan. Just stay away from that. So look at what happens. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is coming because of it. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that you are without excuse, so that we are without excuse, so that they are without excuse. There's just too much evidence, right, to not believe that God exists. And so unrighteousness and wickedness suppresses the truth. They have nothing to hold on to. Brethren, let your mind, Philippians 4, 8, let your mind dwell on whatever is true. Satan tries to take away from us what holds us together, what gives us the ability to stand in Jesus. Satan tries to take it away from us. He doesn't want us to have truth or to understand truth or to be able to trust in what is true so that we stand like Pilate and ask, what is truth? We know what is truth. If we couldn't know and if we didn't know what was true, think about how depressing our world would be. But Jesus says, no, I've given you truth. Without truth, um, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse, uh, verse 20. Without truth, the world becomes a crazy, mixed-up place. So listen to what it says. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Can you imagine someone, you know, come up to you and they say, hey, um, try this, and it's, it's a lemon. And, and, they, and they try to convince you that the lemon that you're eating, that, that just comes right off the vine... Or, or, is sweet. A lemon is not sweet. But but they try to convince you and say, no, th- this is sweet. And then that's the same thing that our world is doing. Our world wants us to, to, to take something that's, that's sour or something that's not sweet and substitute it. It's not what we're supposed to do. That's not what God asks us to do. God asks his people to stand on the solid foundation of truth. The solid foundation of truth. You get rid of truth, brother, and we're all messed up. But we hold on to truth. And what an amazing gift that God has given to us to remove all ambiguity from our minds, right? Just to get rid of all that and to give us something that we can hold on to. That's Jesus. That's God. That's that's found in the Word of God itself. John chapter 3. So God wants us to fill our minds with the truth, to remind ourselves of the truth, to remember that the message of God, which is dependable, is true. Hold on to it, right? Hold on to it. Truth. One thing I know, regardless of what goes on in the world, regardless of what happens tonight, or this afternoon, this evening rather, Regardless of what happens two weeks from now, regardless of what happens a month from now or years from now, God still stands as truth. Regardless of what's going on around me, we're all going to leave one day and go home and be with God. That you can believe and trust in. That is truth. What a blessing. God allows us to relax our minds and not be so caught up in the worries of the world because God still is there forever. He always has been. He always will be. That is truth. That we can stand on. 
that we can trust in and say, you know, it's all about God anyway. God is in complete control, is he? Yes, he is. That is truth. God is He's going to take care of me. Yes, he will. He always has. He forever will. That is true. God is the one who gives us the rich blessings of life. That is true. Whatever is true, let your mind dwell on these things. John 3, and the verse is 33. There, the Bible says, He who has received his witness has set his seal to this, that God is true. And I guess the question is, do we still believe that? You know, it's almost like, you know, we, we can't believe God's word anymore because uh, the world has really infiltrated the church. We've allowed it to happen. We ought not allow it to happen anymore. And we ought to reverse that and not allow the world to infiltrate the church. The world has nothing to stand on. They don't, they don't have God. And when we as God's people say um, that the world has God just as the Christian does, well, no, that's not true. The world doesn't have God. They have walked away from God. Brethren, we have chosen to live for God. We have chosen to stand in truth. We love our God. We will serve Him forever if He so permits. What a gift that we have. Coming to worship in Bible class, what an amazing gift that we have. I think Sunday, I don't remember who said it. I think maybe it was Brother James. We get to go to church. What a blessing, right? Now we have to go. That was when we were kids growing up. Maybe not me. I didn't, didn't go to church. But when you're kids growing up, you know, you, you don't, you know, you have to go to church. My mom and dad dragged me to, they drug me to church. They dragged me. No, you get to go. Thank you, God, for that. God has still given us something that we can hold on to forever and ever throughout all the days of our lives. Truth. Let your mind dwell on truth. Whatever is true. Well, that also means that we have to challenge our hearts and step back and say, okay, well, wait a minute. What in my life is a lie? Whatever in my life is a lie, whatever I follow that is a lie, am I willing am I willing to let it go to hold on to truth? Jesus, John chapter eight, and verse twenty six, in this in this teaching, before he gets to the point where he brings Satan in and he says Satan is a liar and the father of lies, in verse twenty six, listen to the power of truth. John eight twenty six, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And the things which I have heard from him, these I speak to the world. They did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. Jesus therefore said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And... I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And he spoke these things. Many came to believe in him as he spoke. Excuse me. 
Jesus, therefore, was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you feel trapped? Do you feel caught? That there's one thing that will free you. Truth. Wow. Truth. Truth has the ability to free the mind. The truth about yourself, being honest about self, right? Looking into the mirror of self and saying, yes, Lord, this is who I am. Please help me. The truth about the world, truth will set you free. How, how often do I dwell on truth? Now, you know, if you don't know where to start with that, and, and you say, well, I don't, I don't know where to start with truth, pick the Bible up and just start reading, right? And if you want to really find truth, start with the letters in red. Start with Jesus and just listen to what he has to say. And listen to the truths that he brings out or presents to us, to his children. And believe them. Believe every word that he says because it's true. And the word of God is so comforting and so fulfilling. John 7 and verse 18. It is such an amazing book. Uh, Jesus says, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true. There is no unrighteousness in him. There is no unrighteousness in Jesus. And we read last week, we're going back to Psalm 19. We read the first six verses uh, regarding uh, the, the son and, and things of that sort. I want to read the last half of, of Psalm chapter 19, beginning at verse 7. Listen to what it says. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned, and keeping them there is a great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me, then I shall be blameless. I shall be acquitted of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God's word endures forever. It is pure. It is perfect. It is exactly what we need all the time. Right? It is exactly what we need every moment of the day. Whatever is true, let your mind dwell on these things. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Evil tries to possess our minds and ruin our hearts. But God says, don't let evil dwell in your hearts. Remove it far 
from you. Hebrews 3 and verse 13. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And that's exactly what sin is. It's deceitful, right? It's deceitful. It's tricky. It's error. It's wrong. But not truth. Truth will not deceive you. Truth will hold you and give you the strength that you need to live in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So ask yourself, what would God think in a moment like this? I'm in this situation. What would God think in a moment? In my very situation that I am currently in, what do you think God thinks about this moment? And you look into the Word of God and you find the truth. What is Jesus' thought in a moment like this? Here I am in this this moment of despair or uh, depression or maybe I'm, I'm excited, whatever it is. What did Jesus and how did Jesus handle a situation like this in his life? And how should I handle it in mine? It is nice to know brethren whom you can count on, isn't it? That's nice. To know, brethren, whom you can count on. Those who will dwell on the truth, speak the truth, act the truth. And when they say, how are you? They really actually mean it. Right? They really want to know. And if you start in there and you say, well, you know, well, you know, a preacher. And, and then you begin to talk and then you look up and they're gone. That's probably not love. Right? But if they're in tune to what you're saying and they want to know, and then the very next things that you hear from them is not necessarily something that echoes from their mouths, but you find them doing something for you. Love is truth and action. It's wonderful to be a part of God's perfect family. Perfect. Oh, boy. How's the preacher say perfect? Well, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We're a bunch of sheep working together as sheep. And we all need help, and the wolf's trying to kill us all. But we're working together to get to the end, to be with Jesus. And one thing that we can hold on to is truth, right? Truth. Ephesians 4, the verse is at 25. Ephesians 4 and 25. The Bible says, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Always the truth. Always the truth. It's always the truth. And truth and its foundation is amazing in our lives when we allow it to be that which guides us and that which leads us. And then we find ourselves united in an amazing way because of what? Because of truth. Let the Word of God richly dwell within you. And then tonight, I would like for us to close in Ephesians chapter 6. And the verse is 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. 
Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with the truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Notice it says, stand. Notice it says, stand firm, having girded your loins with the truth. Right? Stand firm. So truth holds us. Hold on to the truth forever and ever and never let it go. Truth and honesty defines a Christian's life because the nature of God is truth in itself. It is the truth. And we can trust in it and abide by it and abide in it and love God in all that we say and do. We are uh, just, again, we're so happy that you are here with us and we pray that uh, if you have a need, um, you will make it known. Make it known to us that we may we may pray with you, that we may help you in some kind of way. Uh, let the elders know. Let us know. Call the office. Let us know. If you're not a child of God, we invite you to surrender to God in the waters of baptism. Contact us and let us know. Thank you tonight for your time. We certainly appreciate it and hope that something was said to help strengthen your faith and love for God. God bless you. Thank you.